Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the podcast. What are you doing right now? I assume a lot of you are listening to this just hanging out at home, or maybe you're in the car. That's a, that's a good place for a podcast. Usually when I'm listening to a podcast, I will be out doing like some yard work, you know, watering the plants, the flowers, you know, that kind of stuff. Occasionally I'll listen to a podcast when I'm just setting up for a video or something. Although it depends, you know, if I need to be in the right headspace, maybe I need silence or music or I just don't have time. But wherever you are and you're tuning in here, thanks for hanging out. And, uh, you know, let's get into it. I think it's just going to be a little bit of following up with some recent videos. I flagged a couple of Apple News stories to kind of chit chat about. And uh, yeah, well, I'll I'll just talk about some of the stuff that's been going on and hopefully you find it interesting. It's just going to be another hangout session like it usually is. I do want to end, though, this week by, number one, talking about some comments, because I think that's kind of fun. Just respond to some comments. Um, Gene, what is his name? He has a camera-focused channel. Gene, Gene, it's Gene N, anyways, I think, Um, also known as Potato Jet. He responds to the comments at the end of his videos, and I I like that approach. It's good to get some feedback going, so... I picked out a few comments uh, that <laughs> that would be good to respond to. And then I also want to end by talking about uh, one of the songs from my Catch This Wave Apple Music playlist. You know, some people might know that I curate a playlist and I try to keep it fairly updated. Um, it's usually linked up in the description of all the main channel videos. And so, yeah, I thought, you know, music's been pretty impactful for me. Maybe talk about um, some of the songs have been, you know, had a big impact on me uh, at the end of the podcast. And maybe that'll be a segment or maybe it won't. We'll just see how it goes. First things first, though, I made a note to follow up on a few of the videos that I produced recently. And what I want to do is kind of give you a little extra info just beyond the video, kind of like what's happened since or some context from the video, something like that. Let's start with the Beat Studio Buds video. You probably knew I was hinting at that in the last podcast episode when I was talking about having a product that was early And it was those, it was the studio buds. And in the video, uh, I talk about how for music, I like them better than the AirPods Pro. Obviously, they're missing some features that the AirPods Pros have. But I got to tell you, I have continued using them for music. I was just listening to them a second ago when I was trying to pick out what song I wanted to talk about at the end of this podcast. Because, wow, it's just the music. It sounds so much better. Now, I'm in the odd situation where... I still use the AirPods Pro when I'm editing, you know, something on the computer or something like that. When it's work-related, if it's, you know, if I'm hooking up for doing some editing on the Mac or if I'm doing something on the iPad Pro, maybe even like gaming, just like ecosystem stuff, then I'm absolutely using my AirPods because it's just easier. The Beats here, they don't have that chip that lets you do the auto-switching And so I just have it paired with my iPhone because that's where mostly you end up listening to music. And it's just too much of a pain to, if I have the AirPods, to have to, you know, repair them with the Mac and the iPad and whatever. So they've just kind of become my dedicated music earbuds. And actually, you might be like, well, even if you have both, isn't that kind of a pain to have to? Well, actually, I don't know. Not really. Like when I'm in that mode where I'm going to be actually listening to some music and enjoying it for a while, it's very easy to just pick them up and, and do that. Because, yeah, I mean, someone could be like, well, that's just more complicated having two pairs of buds, you know, for different occasions. But look, I'm a tech reviewer. I got different, all kinds of stuff for all kinds of occasions. Like the AirPods Max, 
I would use those pretty much all the time if I could, but there's certain, certain situations where I can't do that. I think I've explained before, like if it's before I've shot, before I've filmed, then I can't wear those because they'll like depress the areas uh, in my hair around the ears, you know, cause the ear cups and look funny on the video or the headband too, like mess up the hair, depending on the hairstyle. We're going to talk about hair in a second. You know why? And so if it's before I filmed, then I always wear earbuds unless I know I'm wearing a hat or something that day. But so this is a lot of rambling to just tell you, you know, sometimes uh, when a, a product comes through, whether it's been sent to me or sponsored or I bought it, you know, sometimes something comes through and I cover it and then I'm done with it. And Sometimes, you know, it's like the market at large and then there's the market in my little world here <laughs> and I have the products all competing for my attention here in the studio, in the office. And every now and then there's a product that wins out over the others. And other times, even though a product can be really awesome, you know, it gets pushed to the side because there's just something better. And I'm just saying these Beats Studio Buds, they really just are that good for music, even though they're missing some other features. I do want to mention the hats on the channel. I placed a hat order recently and I was on the Brixton website and actually here's what happened. I, well, my wife sort of was like, Hey, you should get a sun hat. We should both get some, some sun hats. You know, if we're going to be outside it's summer, you know, try to keep the sun off. Uh, especially, I don't know if you guys realize this. All right. But the studio lights here, I was at the dermatologist a while back and he was like, those studio lights that you got, those bright Hollywood style lights is bad for your skin. Like, you know, it's not just the sun. And so as somebody who sits down in front of these bright lights all the time, um, I've been trying to, and my wife has really been driving this effort, just take care of the skin a little bit more, right? I'm usually pretty needle averse. I've had lots of stitches in my life, but I don't like needles, surgery, anything like that. So if I can avoid, you know, any kind of future things that I wouldn't like, uh, treatments, fixing problems, <laughs> then I definitely will try to do that. So anyways, so anyways, she was like, we should get some sun hats. And I was looking around, didn't really like anything. And I finally found uh, this company, Brixton, who I had some Brixton hats, I don't know, eight years ago or something, just like some regular caps like you've seen on the channel recently, like I've been wearing. And, you know, after a while, stuff just gets old and got to get rid of it. And I was like, well, should I really get Brixton stuff again? Because if I already had it, doesn't that mean it's kind of like old? It's probably kind of out of fashion or whatever. But I couldn't find anything that I liked better. So I found that and I was like, you know, it's been a while. I could just use a change. So I ordered, I placed an order for like, I don't know, four or five other hats. And you've been seeing them show up on the channel recently. But that coincided with getting a new haircut. And it happened to be a buzz cut. Every now and then, I just get tired of a certain haircut. It's been a while. I've had this one for a while. The one that I had previously is kind of like a faux hawk is uh, how the hairstyler described it, right? That originated it. And so, I don't know. I just buzzed it. And... It's growing back. It's going to turn into something else probably here. Uh, got a new barbershop I'll probably hit and just see what develops. But people have been under the mistaken impression that somehow I didn't like the hair or uh, that I felt like I needed to cover it up or something. They're like, no, it's not like, oh, that was a bad haircut and I'm embarrassed about it. So I'm going to, no, uh, I've uploaded several videos with the buzz. Uh, and it wasn't trying to be like a fashion statement or, or anything like that. It just happened. It's like real life happens. And it gets on the camera, you know, but I did get some hats and I've enjoyed them. It's been fun. We're going to get to some comments <laughs> in a little bit. And some of those have to do with the hats and the hair, but I want to follow up on the bridge keyboard video that I put out. So I said in the video, it was one of the most requested things for me to cover on the channel almost ever. And that's true. Like I got a lot of requests. Hey, can you check out the new bridge keyboard 
for the iPads, especially the iPad Pros has that new redesigned bigger trackpad and and whatever and you know had some redesigned hinges and some other features. And I got a comment, somebody said that they bought the previous version or a previous version of a bridge keyboard based on the only other video I think I've ever done on a bridge keyboard. And I looked and it's been like two years. It was back in 2019, it looks like. And they said they hated it, which is too bad. That's interesting. I I hate, you know, sometimes I, I do my best to convey how I feel really about a product, but you know, it's not a one size fits all thing, whatever the product is. Every product has a market and that market is often very niche, you know? And so even if I say that I like something, it does not automatically mean that everybody's going to like it or even every fan of a certain product is going to like it. And there's sub niches within niches. And anyways, for whatever the reason, this person didn't like it. I think they, it sounded like they were feeling burned by me recommending it or, or just having covered it. And sometimes I never know how people take stuff, you know, cause sometimes I think that I'm clearly saying like, Hey, this feature of a product. And I'm not saying this particularly for the bridge product, but I'm just saying in general, sometimes I'll say, you know, this feature of the product, it could be a little bit better or, you know, this could be improved. And I, I feel like I, while I do often try to keep things kind of positive, I do make it clear. I hope when something isn't ideal or could use some improvement or a fix or something, but I never know how people actually end up taking stuff. So I'm not at all surprised that, Hey, someone was uh, unhappy with an apparent recommendation or something that I made because, you know, just having something on the channel is not an implicit endorsement all the time. It depends. Sometimes it's rare. It's rarer for me to cover something that I don't think is amazing right out of the box because I don't want to waste my time or your time but every now and then something intrigues me and I will cover it uh, maybe like uh, a couple times a year. For, I'll give you a good example that that isn't something that I would love to use, but is interesting. In the, and I think the general audience of Daily Tech would like to know about it. There was an iPad keyboard a while back and it had a rotating screen section. So the keyboard and the screen kind of rotated separately and it was interesting. It was really flimsy and I sort of tried to let that product speak for itself on the video. And I think it did judging by the comments. It looks like people understood. Oh yeah. That seems a little bit flimsy, but I wanted to cover it because it was so interesting and it's kind of some functionality that I would like somebody, uh, a really nice company to build. So I covered it, but it's not a product that I would use. And I think I stated that very clearly and the products spoke for itself. So anyways, getting back to this bridge, uh, you know, the old video and, and that person's comment, they're saying they're not really happy with it. But here we are two years later and they're making the comment on the next bridge video. And I just found it intriguing that even though they didn't like that product, which they bought because I covered it, they're still here. They're still around. They're still hanging out on the channel. And uh, I found that pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that was their intention was to signal that, hey, I didn't like this, but I'm still here. I do have a funny story about the C1, the LG C1 TV. I've been talking about that for a while. I finally got that video up. And uh, let's see, where to start? There's several interesting things around this. Number one, I got a comment right off the bat that said, oh, what is this? This is just an ad and there's no data to back anything up here. What are you doing? It's just a money grab. And you know, I don't, I don't care if someone wants to come on the channel and express an opinion, especially if it's an actual critique and not just like, Chris, you suck. What I don't, some people, they don't understand what they're saying. Yes, it was a sponsored video. So yes, it was an ad, but what's wrong with that? 
you know, every now and then I'm going to put ads in. There's not enough people that want to pay a monthly fee for my content specifically to support the business. That's just not how it works. So I can understand if people don't like to see ads, I get it, but there's going to be some advertising. That's just the situation we're in. Now, of course, this C1 TV, as I explained in the video, I bought myself a C1 before LG ever approached me and said, hey, can we do a sponsored video? So I had a 55 inch that I bought to go over the fireplace in the upstairs of my house. And I bought it because I like it. And I wasn't thinking anything about a sponsorship. It just so happens they came up later and they're like, hey, we could do a sponsorship. And I was like, okay, cool. I will allow this sponsorship because I like this product. Now, this isn't something that really um, is related to most of the content that goes out on the channel right now, which is mostly Apple related, but it is related to me because it's Apple adjacent and that I can hook up my Apple TV and it uses HDMI 2.1 and the new Apple TV 4K uses HDMI 2.1. And so for me, you know, there's content to me be made maybe around that at some point, uh, but plus it just fits into the ecosystem and the lifestyle for me. And so I assume for the audience that's interested in Apple stuff, it's a worthwhile thing to feature on the channel, especially because it's something I actually use. And so this is what I was talking about. I wanted to mention about sponsorships. You know, you guys wouldn't believe all the crazy stuff that people pitch me to feature <laughs> on the channel. And 99.999% of the stuff that people ask to get featured on the channel never gets a chance, not even a shot at getting daylight on the channel. A lot of the stuff, uh, the pitches, I don't even end up seeing because somebody weeds them out before they ever get in front of my eyeballs. But for the quality stuff that maybe is worth considering or not, that lands in front of me. And then I make a decision, you know, uh, does this fit? You know, is it something I would care about? Do I really think there's benefit for the audience? And then it proceeds from there with a disclosure, of course. So, you know, uh, it's just like misplaced rage and, and anger from this commenter. And the funny thing is he was making uh, the point that, well, there's not even any information to, uh, to back up any of the claims in this video, but it's not that kind of video. It, like he said, it is an ad and it's a product that I like and that I don't mind sharing with the audience, recommending to the audience by having it on the channel. What I mean is, you know, it, for instance, it has self-illuminating pixels, so there's no backlight. That's not something that needs data to back it up. That's just a fact about the product. So, you know, if I'm not saying this TV is uh, this much better than a Samsung TV or a Sony TV. There's no claim like that. Uh, it's just facts. And in the title, you know, I mentioned is, you know, is this the best OLED uh, 4K TV or whatever the title question mark. It was not a statement. It was a question. Anyways, you know, I, I understand people not liking ads and I understand uh, people wanting to do a gotcha um, because some people just are, are all about that brings them joy, but it, it just wasn't that kind of video. And I am glad that I could feature that for people because it's, it's a cool product that I actually like a lot of people are like, well, oh, how nice it must be to be a tech reviewer or just a YouTuber probably, or, or, you know, I guess you would say an influencer, right? If you were on TikTok, TikTok or whatever, it's just, that's the blanket term. Well, yeah, there's good to that. And then there's bad, you know, sometimes you do get a free product, like a free 77 inch TV. And I'm not going to lie. That's cool. That's a cool opportunity, but it's an opportunity that I've earned. That's not the kind of a, a, an offer that I was getting when I was set up in the garage and had, you know, 
1500 subscribers, right? Uh, I put in a lot of hours. I invested a lot of hours. I invested a lot of money to build up the channel to the point to, to get that free TV, you know? You know, people, there, there are some nice comments on the channel, right? Predominantly, like most of the comments are, are nice. That's, that's nice. I, I absorb those for what they are when somebody compliments me or the work that I've done. You know, I, I, I do absorb that, but that's not the reason that I'm doing it. But the flip side to that is you do deal with some negativity sometimes. I've talked about this many times. I'm very positive that most of the negativity on any given YouTube channel, much less this channel, but, you know, just a cr- kind of across the board, is rooted in two things. Either someone that's having a bad day and looking for someone to take it out on, uh, or there's some jealousy involved. But so next time you're like, oh, man, so-and-so just has it made. Well, yes, there's an element of, of stuff that's, that's good. Otherwise, you wouldn't work towards anything. But also the flip side is that there's stuff that you don't even think about, you know, that you have to deal with. Everyone, like Andy Mayo says, I say it all the time in one of his songs. He's like, everyone sees you on the mountain, but they never see the climb. And that's true. But here's the real funny story here. I wanted, when, when I knew they were sending this over, I wanted to get an Xbox Series X. I think I'm saying that right, right? And of course, they're all sold out everywhere. And so one day I was cruising around on Twitter and I had followed an account that was going to give you like stock updates. And lo and behold, it was 22 minutes ago. By the time I checked it, there was a stock alert for somebody. I don't remember who had it. And I went and they had it and it was for the right price. I stuck it in the cart and then I went to go talk it over with my wife because I didn't want to just order it. (laughs) And surprise, hey, I spent 500 bucks. And uh, by the time I talked it over with her and she's like, fine, order it, it was already sold out. And we're talking like a matter of maybe a couple of minutes, you know, so hard to get a hold of. And then my brother-in-law texted me, I think two days ago or something. And he was like, hey, Amazon has it in stock. So I dropped everything. I think I was editing a video and I went and I looked and I found it. It was the right price. Someone wasn't marking it up. This was the real deal and put it in the cart and I couldn't check out. Well, first of all, it just wouldn't let me even add it to the cart. I tried adding it, adding it, adding it. And finally I got it in the cart. I think a lot of people were just trying to snag it. And once again, I went to check with the wife and uh, came back and it was gone. So it's crazy how hard it is to get that. So in the video, uh, because we, it mentioned some of the gaming features of the TV. I wanted to feature one of the latest consoles. It's been a while since I was really in the console game. We've talked about this too on the podcast, how we kind of started with some gaming roots, um, really with, with this uh, Xbox One S and the PS4. Uh, did some videos, got a lot of views back in the day with that. But I did want to have you know that to feature with this TV to show off the capabilities, but I couldn't snag it. So I ended up having to hook up the old one S and which is at least uh, HDR, right? And got it updated. Uh, every game, of course, not having been played in a while also needed to get updated. The game that I really featured mostly in the video was Forza Horizon 3. And there was since I've really played with that console, there's been a four and now you can pre-order five for the latest Xbox. <laughs> so it's been a while, but I, I showed off three which is fine. You know, it's, it is HDR and this is the perfect uh, TV to show that HDR gaming off. I don't know who's such a gaming fanatic. They'd be like, Oh, that's, that's Horizon three that's being played. That is not 
and the latest greatest Xbox that's being shown off here. And, and so far, nobody has got that. Of course, someone's going to hear this and then go comment that. <laughs> so I shot myself in the foot there. But yeah, and I wasn't sure that was even going to work. So it was going to come down <laughs> to like <laughs> having to try to stream something off the iPad or something to the Apple TV and play it or, or like do Call of Duty Mobile or something uh, just to show off, which really isn't the same. Uh, but I, I'm glad that that worked out. And unfortunately, though, no new Xbox. And that's okay. I'm totally happy. Honestly, most of my gaming just happens on the iPad right now. And even that, it's like it takes up more time. I, I really have very little free time anyways. And of the time that I do have, I really shouldn't be playing games anyways. What I want to do is hit the hit the weights a little bit more and get you know a little bit extra elliptical and treadmill in. But by the time that the day wraps up, it's always so late. It's like, uh, I don't feel like doing that. You know, I just want to go watch TV or, or chill out. Or yeah, Same thing with reading. I would love to read a lot more, too. I've got lots of books queued up, but just by the time I have any time, it's like, you know, it's, it's not time to either cram in the weights or the books, you know. It's time to just relax. Speaking of sponsored content, I do have another funny story that I just thought of uh, recently. It has to do with an iPad case. This is years ago now. I don't know, three or four years maybe. And we had a sponsor who we had worked with once before and I was following up with them. This is, this was, you know, still four years ago or whatever, you know, we were still more on the chasing sponsorship side than just fielding requests for sponsorships where we've kind of landed now. And so, you know, we had done a sponsorship. I was following up. I was like, Hey, to this case company, uh, you know, don't you want to do another sponsorship trying to sell it? Cause I was my own sales department. And the guy writes back and after being hard to get a hold of, and I don't know, I felt like we sort of had a lukewarm working relationship, me and this guy that ran this company. Some companies and sponsors, they're just like the best and others are just very businesslike. And then others are like, oh, you know, the product's cool, but you know, you don't always love um, the person that you're talking to, whether that's the CEO or whether that's a PR person, but, but this kind of falls into that category. So anyways, uh, finally got a hold of him. He agreed to do it. And at the price I was asking at the time, and I don't know, several emails into this thread, he realizes that he's talking to a different company than he thought he was. He realized he was talking to Daily Tech, <laughs> but he thought he was talking to somebody else. So he had ended up agreeing to pay a higher price, I believe, than what he probably would have otherwise, number one. And number two, he, I think he was not wanting to sponsor any more content on my particular channel anymore. Uh, but because he, I guess he, he kind of felt uh, like he'd already agreed and maybe he didn't want to look bad moving forward <laughs> any worse than already, you know, because it was obvious uh, that he didn't know, realize who he was actually talking to for most of that thread. So yeah, uh, we ended up getting that sponsorship and that was the last time ever that that company sponsored uh, a video on the channel and I've seen them go on to purchase other companies that I thought were much bigger. It's crazy uh, than them. Who knows how things happen? But yeah, that was weird. I got all kinds of stories like this from, from the days of doing battle, building the channel. I had a weird uh, experience with Final Cut Pro today. And it had to do with, I was editing the iPad accessories video. And I was almost done. I mean, I was just doing, so what I do is usually uh, I import all the footage and then if I'm doing a, a multi-cam clip, I'll sync all those clips together, you know, and this one was five 
different angles. I had done six, but I didn't like one of the angles. It was a bad angle. So I threw that out and we just stuck with five. And then I went through and kind of, you know, cut the content down to what I wanted the content to be. Then I went through again and then I selected the angles that I wanted. Then I went through again and I layered in a little bit of B-roll. And then I went through again and I did the color corrections. And so at this point, you know, everything has come together pretty good. Over the years, I've gotten pretty good at this. And it's one of those things where it's like, as we start to have conversations about, do we pull in an editor? Would that free me up? Or, you know, would I not like it because of the editorial choices? Or do we get a space because you're going to hire somebody? You know, you probably really need a proper space. And, and there's some lawn mowing going on outside. So hopefully that's not really bothering you guys here, but we're going to push through. So I, I've got it down to basically where it's going to be done. And I decided I'm going to add an intro because I don't do an intro for everything. But for this one, I wanted to show off kind of what was coming up in the video because I positioned it as an iPad accessories video because the first two things were going to be iPad accessories. But I also put in some other random stuff. What this really was was a grab bag of stuff I had laying around. And uh, I positioned it as an iPad video because I know that there's a big portion of people who are going to click on that. And in the intro of the video, I say, well, you look, there's, I just got some stuff laying around. I kind of want to show it to you guys. Uh, well, and then we started with the iPad stuff, but anyways, it was kind of like a Chris's clearing house of stuff laying around <laughs> that could be featured. That didn't really make, make sense to go in a, a separate video or, or didn't fit in anywhere else. So they all kind of got glommed together and featured together, but I'm at the point to, where I can just add a little bit of music and some intro uh, shots to kind of preview what's going on. And I got a weird error that said, Final Cut is going to close, and it's going to close so that everything's saved, but uh, there was no option to, like, cancel or anything. It was just okay. So I had to hit okay, and it shut down on me. And I opened it back up, and it let me edit for about another minute. I dropped in a clip, and then it got the same error. And so I was like, ah, well, I'm so close. I'm just going to try to figure this out first and get this published before I have to call Apple support. And so I opened up again, and then it was immediate. And I couldn't do any more, I think. So I had to call Apple support. But I don't mind calling the pro apps support for Apple. In general, Apple has pretty good support. But the pro apps people, I've said this a million times, I feel like they're just a, a different group of people. They're extra useful most of the time. So sure enough, 20 minutes later, <laughs> we did uh, zero in on what the problem was. And actually what it was was my hard drive was just full. So I have a four terabyte MacBook Pro that's kind of my main editing device and each library of which represents each video basically is usually in the neighborhood of like 1.3 terabytes. So by the time I have like my apps and my system stuff and like my photos, there's not a whole lot of space to just edit on the computer. But the thing is, you know, because that's SSD storage that I'm editing off of internally on the computer, it's faster than editing on uh, that 12 terabyte external drive you, you might have seen on the channel recently. Now, I do have that two terabyte Samsung X5, which is plenty expensive for what it is and how much of a capacity it has. But, you know, still, that's only two terabytes. That's only going to fit one of my projects, right, at 1.3 terabytes each. Yeah, um, I don't know. It was just, it was a pain. What it ended up being, though, is just not having enough memory. It, I'd eat, chewed up all the system memory. And so I'm either going to have to move stuff just do kind of like one project at a time and move my other files over. Wow, that's loud. That, that lawnmower just went right by. Uh, move those files that I'm not really using over onto the external 
but I don't want to edit on the external because it's like nine times slower to edit on that because that's not SSD. Because if it was 12 terabytes of SSD, that'd be way more expensive than what it is or what it was. Because I'd be like, I don't know, seven or 800 bucks for that 12 terabytes, which is already expensive. So to SSD, it'd be like, wow. So the problem is, you know, when you do five angles, for instance, of 4K 100 megabit footage, uh, yeah, it, it takes up a lot. But it makes the editing, I think, more interesting, you know, because the more angles you have to play with, I think that keeps it more lively for somebody watching, somebody just at a desk, than just two angles like I would normally do, or three, you know. But it chews up the data. So I don't know. I'm still messing around with my file storage. I, I know Linus went around to a bunch of YouTubers and set up NAS storage and stuff. I, I don't know. I haven't gotten that crazy yet because we haven't assembled, you know, a huge team yet, but... A couple Apple things to talk about, just, you know, stuff that's been in the news. One of them is Apple just opened a new L.A. store it's in downtown L.A., and it's an old theater. And actually, Justine was, uh, you know, she's in the area anyways. She's, like, close to do it. So she's done a tour of it, so you can go check that out. But it looks really cool. They took this nice building, restored it, and then stuck the Apple store in there. Uh, it's very different. That's one thing that I really appreciate Apple doing is not having just cookie-cutter stores. Of course, a lot of the stores are kind of cookie cutter. The one that's nearest to me feels more cookie cutter. Um, but, you know, there are several kind of flagship style stores that are just like way different and really cool. This is one of those. And it's actually uh, in, in the Broadway theater. That's what it's called. And it's a converted cinema, which is pretty cool. And the crazy thing to think about is this was like three years in the making. This has been happening for a while. So, you know, they sort of painstakingly restored a lot of the theater's original features, like ceiling murals. There's some cloud skies painted up there. But it turns out it was one of the first theaters to open in L.A. in 1927, and it showed silent film. So it really has a history. And what intrigues me about this is, and I haven't actually seen Justine's video yet. I need to go check it out. But you guys know, if you've been around for a while, I, <laughs> well, here comes the weed wagger. How loud can we make it for the podcast, right? So inconsiderate. This is even a pretty soundproofed room. I, I don't know how much of this is going to actually come through into the podcast. But this room, you know, it has extra insulation and stuff. And this is like one noise I can't keep out. But if you guys have been around on the channel for a while, you know I did a, kind of a tour of Apple's Cupertino Visitor Center store and area. And that video, it's done well. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of views it actually has. Pretty successful, though. And it was a blast to make. It's so fun to explore a cool Apple store that isn't just your cookie-cutter rectangle with the Apple logo plastered out and some tables inside. When you get to go through an Apple store that has some character to it, uh, I think there's a new one in Singapore that I'd love to go check out. It's just really fun. And, and I love being able to share that experience on the channel, too. That's the only one time that I've covered an Apple store. And uh, it was really cool. And actually, I went to the old headquarters, too, in that video. And it was just kind of crazy being somebody who's really into Apple, getting to be where Steve Jobs was walking and, and you know, the parking spot where he used to park, which unfortunately sometimes was the handicap spot, too. But, uh, yeah, I, I was talking to the people at uh, the Apple store out there. And they're like, I was like, so did you ever see Steve? Oh, yeah, he used to park right here and do this and that. And that was just fun. But, but to be able to share that enthusiasm um, on the channel, that's fun. So I keep toying around with the idea of, you know, I should do a series where I just go visit some of the really cool Apple stores and show them on the channel. So this one could make the list, you know, because they're seeing it and then they're seeing it with somebody 
and, and they're two different experiences. Like if you win in person or if Justine does it or if Chris does it or if Marquez were to do it or Jonathan, everyone would have a different kind of a take on it. And I honestly, I'd watch all of those videos. You know, I'd like to go to the Chicago uh, Apple store that kind of looks like a MacBook on top. There's just several iconic, obviously the Times Square. I'd love to do a series. In fact, uh, I lined up a sponsor to do that and then COVID hit. And so it's something I'm still playing around with. Uh, and I'll probably get back in touch with that sponsor at some point and be like, hey, you still want to do this? And that was the idea was to fund some trips to go check out these Apple stores, take you guys with basically. And I don't know what all it's a good, it's a good way to keep it Apple, but, but do something else too. That's a little bit different. You'll have to let me know what you think about that. Just, you can shoot me a, a note on Twitter or something. If that sounds exciting. The other thing is um, that I want to talk about. I've been seeing a lot of rumors floating around for quite a while about what the new uh, iPhone 13 could look like, which is basically all the renders and all the leaks and stuff. You know, make it look like it's pretty much going to be the same as the 12 with maybe like bigger camera cutouts and a smaller notch, slightly smaller notch. And I was thinking about that today. And I know there's going to be people, people complaining uh, like, Hey, this is boring. And I was thinking about it and it's like, you know what it is like, if that's what it's like, it, it is kind of boring, but is that the right word? It's expected. Sometimes something really cool, you get used to it and it's not boring, but you're used to it. And I think that's sort of the case if they if they do end up going that route and keeping it the same design. Because, of course, you have to understand it's usually like a three-year thing where they keep the same design and one year is like the debut and, and then they'll update the externals and then there'll be like one other little update, uh, very slight update maybe to the outside and whatever. And then it's onto a new design sometimes. So sometimes it's like a three-year cycle and we've come to expect that. But I can envision some Apple apologists out there saying, well, what are you complaining about? You know, uh, this is, this is an amazing device for X, Y, and Z reasons. And don't you know about what it takes to develop a new product and, and yada, yada, yada. No, I think, uh, I'm with the people that feel like it's getting kind of boring because it kind of is. But at the same time, I was thinking about the Porsche 911. So Porsche is going all electric here soon, except for the 911. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's, I think that's what I read. And you look back over the history of that particular vehicle and you're like, yeah, it's changed over the years, you know, it's been around for a while, but basically, you know, when you see one, the 911, the 911 is the 911 is the 911 every year. <laughs> and I feel like that's sort of where we're at with the iPhone right now. You know, functionally, it does basically what you want it to do. But sometimes people just want change for the sake of change. Now, that's what you are. That's where you start to run into trouble. You know, even as a reviewer, I can admit I'll if it comes out and it's the same design, I'll feel a little fatigued even talking about it. And the only thing I can do is just be honest if that happens and say, yeah, this is this is uh, getting a little old, you know, if that is really the design. But in some ways, kind of like the, the Porsche, it's just become sort of a classic, too. <laughs> Let's talk about some comments. Uh, we got some interesting ones. First one's from Fernando Silva. If you haven't seen his channel, go check it out. Lots of good iPad and Apple content. But uh, just on the video today, uh, I did a sample. I was checking out um, something, an Apple Pencil accessory. So I was writing out a message that said, hey, it's Chris. That's my go-to message. Fernando commented, Chris has that messy handwriting that somehow still looks nice. Yeah, it's interesting that someone would bring up the handwriting because when I was a kid, I had the best handwriting 
and like my cursive. Oh, it was the envy of everybody. And honestly, if I really put the time into it, it still would be. It's just that as I've gotten older, um, you know, I, mean, I think the world has changed. I, I do a way more typing than I do writing these days. And so it's not that I'm out of practice with the handwriting, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I'm more in a hurry, I guess, or whatever. But if I if I concentrate on it, you guys won't believe it. I've, I've And sometimes I have done that. And I do get the handwriting comments sometimes where people are like, wow, that's really nice handwriting. So it's just funny that that would come up. Somebody says, Chris, what type of microphone do you use? I get equipment questions all the time. I'm just going to answer this briefly because I can't answer it every single time. But just so people know, and I guess I can at least reference them to this episode, the mic that I'm using right now and also usually in the videos of late is the Rode Procaster. It's about 220 bucks. It's a huge fatty mic. Uh, it's heavy. It's in a suspension cage to keep it from rattling if I tap on the desk. And that suspension cage uh, barely holds it up. So I hooked that directly into an accessory on the top of my Sony camera that lets me use an XLR mic. Unfortunately, that is a little bit underpowered. So not to dive down into the weeds for people who don't care about this, but you know, I would recommend hooking it up to something like a cloud lifter probably. Now, when I'm recording the podcast, I hook it into the Rode Rodecaster. I know... Uh, their names are kind of confusing, Procaster and Roadcaster. Roadcaster is a board that has a preamp built in, and you can hook up to four mics into it. Um, it's very common for podcast stuff, and that that does provide more power. So the, the, the audio that you hear in the podcast is going to sound a little bit cleaner, and some people have commented. They're like, hey, you've got some noise in the background uh, from your mic on the videos. Well, that's because it's underpowered when it's going directly into the camera. It's just convenient to do that. And 99% of people are never going to comment or notice. But if you wear headphones, you might hear a little background noise. And that's because I've turned it up a little bit. I've cranked it using the limiter in Final Cut Pro. So I'll stick the limiter on and crank it up, which keeps it from peaking. Nobody likes a peak because that's when you get that kind of a cringy sound uh, when there was too loud of a noise and, um, you know, the equipment just couldn't handle it and it peaks. So that limiter keeps the peaks from happening, but still you can turn it up. So yeah, anyways, that is it. It's the Rode Procaster, and uh, right now I'm hooking into the Rodecaster, which actually costs a lot more. That's the, the, the Rodecaster is like 600 bucks, but it sounds a lot better in the Rodecaster than it does going straight into the Sony. Uh, somebody commented on the most useful iPad tips video ever. Uh, they said, holy crap, can you talk any faster? Good information, but too fast to keep up. I get that a lot. I get, you know, I think in real life, I do talk pretty fast. I, I do a lot of things fast. I don't go up or down stairs slowly. I always am going fast, up or down, fast, fast, fast. Uh, sometimes I do talk fast. There's just uh, a lot of things that I do fast. When I listen to a podcast or an audiobook, it's at two times speed sometimes. I just go fast. I don't know why. So it's unnatural for me to talk slowly and I have to pace myself a little bit when I'm doing a video or the podcast here to, you know, talk at an acceptable speed. Now, in a video like that, I knew that I was going fast, but I always figure that people understand they can pause it and rewind. You know, you can just use the arrow keys if you're watching on something with a keyboard or double tap on the screen. If you're watching on an iPhone in the YouTube app, double tap on the left or right, you know, you can fast forward or rewind really easily. 
uh, a few seconds and pause. I just figure people know that. In that particular video, I wanted to pack in as much value in as little time as possible. And especially because I ended up kind of doing a recap for a couple minutes of things that I had covered in the past just to catch everybody up in one nice resource, have it all there in one resource instead of multiple videos and then just a little bit of new information. So yeah, it went fast. And I think I may even have said, hey, feel free to pause uh, or I'll link up, you know, what the sections are down below. But but either way, I, I can't help it. Like I do just talk really fast. Oh, here's another one. Uh, somebody said, what is your gear, your camera? So the main camera, I've talked about this a lot too. And so I'm not going to talk about it too much here, but just for new people catching up, the main camera that I use is the A7S III. That's a Sony camera. Uh, a lot of comments have been coming in asking what camera I use since I upgraded one of the lenses, the, the talking head lens, you know, when it's just the A-roll um, on that main shot. That is the Sony G Master 35 millimeter lens hooked up to the A7S III. Oh, okay. Here's a haircut comment. I, I, there was a bunch. This is just one I picked out of thin air. Uh, somebody said they had made a whole other comment and then they made this extra comment to say, also, your haircut looks fine, Chris. Seeing you in hats is just weird. It looks like you're a different channel with the hats on. And I'm not sure what they mean by it looks like you're a different channel other than, um, you know, it doesn't, it's not the same look with the same hair, uh, but it's on the same set, you know. Um, as before, I knew it, it, the first video uploaded with the buzz cut, it really threw people for a loop. <laughs> and you know what? It threw me for a loop, a loop too. But if there's another channel that wears hats a lot, um, you know, okay. I, I don't really know what they were saying here. If they were saying it looks like this other channel that they had a specific channel in mind, or if they're like, it just doesn't look the same and they don't like it. But you know, if I, if I did something or didn't do something based on what all the commenters liked or didn't like, I couldn't function as a person or as a channel because there's so many opinions about how I should do this or that uh, or what looks good or what to do, what don't to do, what not to do, what don't to do, that I would just go insane if I tried to do that. So I just got to be me. I'm just doing my thing. Over the years, reflecting, there have been times, especially especially when the channel was younger, uh, where I was like, I would see another channel maybe and I would be like, oh, I've noticed this prop or this technique or something. And, and I would try to go find that prop or um, figure out that technique and, and maybe think about incorporating it into my videos. Over the years, I've totally changed that stance. And I've tried to make the channel as unique as possible because I'll give you an example. Even, even recently, I, I found myself, there was this one certain kind of light lamp and it was giving out some cool bokeh in the background of a popular YouTuber in the tech category. And I noticed somebody else even had that light I saw a trend developing and I caught myself researching like what that light was. And then I stopped because I was like, no, I don't want to do that. By the time I put it in there, it's already old. I want to put stuff in my videos, whether it's a prop or the, the type of video that I'm making. And it was, at some point, there's nothing new under the sun, right? That's just a fact. But I definitely want to be as original as possible and uh, be more of an originator than a copier. Um, so I stopped myself from that recently. And over the years, I've really pumped the brakes on trying to reverse engineer what other people are doing and stuff and just have concentrated on my main assets, you know, the strengths. And even if it if something seems like a weakness, you know, like just embracing like this is what I can produce and will produce. And that has been nothing but good. I feel like um, the style of the videos and stuff is is different, hopefully than anything else that you're going to get out there. And that's the goal. 
Okay. The last comment is, and I love getting these. Somebody said, it's so strange seeing a million plus channel without the million plus subs yet. I just assumed it was nearly 2 million or something already. Ah, well, at least it's so easy to predict its trajectory with the rocket ship. Thank you, uh, my video mix, for, for commenting that. Every now and then I get that. And man, uh, of all the comments, you know, those are the ones that I almost appreciate the most because I kind of have the same feeling. And I don't mean that in a conceited way, like, but, but I plan on being around. Like when I was just starting out, I planned on getting 1,000 subscribers. Took me six months, but I did it. And then I, I planned on 10,000. And then I planned on 100,000. And now I plan on a million. Like I plan on it. Maybe 10 million, you know? In my mind, I'm already there because I'm on the path to, uh, to uh, you know, I don't plan on going anywhere barring, you know, YouTube like crashing or <laughs> some kind of government thing that shuts it down or something. Yeah, I mean, I plan on that. And, and I'm not necessarily, that's not my end goal just to do that. You know, like I'm already at the point where this is a full-time job and, and it's great. It's provided lots of cool opportunities. And, but that comment and comments like it, it tells me that I'm doing something right. I'm operating at a level, hopefully that's sort of like punching above my weight. Last thing I, I kind of want to stick in here. Uh, I kind of mentioned it before, but I just want to hit it. You know, we're getting to the point where we're thinking about doing some hiring. Now I've been doing some, uh, I've been asking people, you know, like our accountant, I was like, do you have any hiring advice? He was like, here's my advice. Hire slow and fire fast. And I get what he's saying. If somebody's not going to be a good fit, don't just try to make it work forever. You know, just end it. So there's that. I've been kind of paying attention to what other YouTubers in the space have been doing. Just because of the industry, you don't have a whole lot of people to draw inspiration from or to find examples from within the tech space. Uh, I think we could probably all count on almost one hand, maybe two hands, but the channels that stick out in your head that have you know, a decent amount of employees, not just like an editor, but some actual employees. It's not like just any other job out there. In some ways there's some similarities, but you know, to scale a channel, what's the right way to do it? You know, are you trying to build a channel where you can disappear someday and, uh, and, and you can just like sell the whole thing? Uh, or are you just going to shut it down when you're done? Uh, you know, what's the legacy going to be? How involved do you want to be? Do you want to branch out and do other things? Do you want to start getting into products like manufacturing, you know, a product line? Or do you just want to keep selling other people's right? You know, like there's all these decisions and there's a lot riding on the hiring process. So I've kind of been watching what other people have been doing. I saw Marquez hires producer uh, Andy right off the bat. That was that was his first hire, if I'm not mistaken. And he built the team slowly. And Marquez's approach seems to be to kind of find who he thinks of as like superstar people and hire them, probably, you know, pay to relocate them and, and bring them in. Kind of like poach, headhunt, the best people. Whereas I feel like some other channels, and I don't know this because, you know, I, I really, I'm, it's not like I'm good friends with any of these bigger YouTubers. We've like met sometimes some of these people, but it's not like, hey, buddy, I feel like Lou maybe on the other hand, um, kind of had more of the homegrown approach where he had some people that he had hired who eventually started kind of making their way in front of the camera. Also, you see that maybe with Willie do as far as I'm aware, Willie didn't have his own uh, channel before or something, you know, and come in. I think that was more of like the homegrown approach. And then I think maybe Austin sort of did the same thing. Linus I'm, I'm looking at and I'm seeing him and his wife have set up the business and they're running it and 
they did a, a good live stream like two years ago and, and they were kind of talking about a lot of the business and the hiring and stuff and talking about how they don't pay like really good right out of the gate. But if they see somebody's working out and they're sticking around and they're there for the long term, you know, then they'll um, pride themselves on paying really well. And so I don't know. I don't know what the right approach is. And, you know, there's the question of distributed versus, you know, having people like in-house, you know, Ali Abdal, that's somebody I'm watching too. And I feel like he has more of a distributed team and he's totally fine with people working, you know, overseas. And he's implemented a lot of things that I would like to implement. I see him turning his video content into a Twitter thread, for instance. That's cool. Um, chopping up his content in video form and turning it into an Instagram post. Uh, that's cool too. You know, all these things that just, it comes down to, to time. And as a single person, you just, you just don't have the time to do it. And yeah, for those kind of things, somebody remote could definitely work out. I mean, for that matter, you could almost just freelance, you know, have somebody do some freelance. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking about what the right approach is. I'm kind of taking the slow approach. Slow has worked out really well for me as opposed to uh, a type of business that would take like some funding and try to, you know, just rocket ship, grow so fast, growth hacking. I have nobody to report to but myself and that slow organic way to grow has been really good. So I'm kind of taking the same approach where it's like, okay, I really, I do need to think about this, but I'm also not going to just make a snap decision someday and just like hire somebody. I just don't know. So if you guys have any good tips uh, about finding the right kind of people specifically for YouTube stuff, you know, reach out on Twitter or, or shoot me a DM, you know, on, on Instagram. I'm not really looking for applications right now. But yeah, if you have any thoughts though, let me know. I will say too, um, I saved, uh, every every time someone was like, I'm hiring, I saved that. I saved something from Sarah Dietschy when she put out uh, that she was hiring for somebody just so I could see the job descriptions. Um, and I did the same thing with Mr. Beast. He put out uh, looking for some editors and I saved like the questions, you know, to kind of think about what is it that I would want to use um, to screen people because I have been thinking about the future a lot lately and I have some very concrete ideas for what I want to do. And I think I do need some people absolutely to help me do it, but I want to do it right. And it feels like one of those momentous occasions, almost like starting the channel from scratch to shift gears so much that, you know, I'm, I'm going to need a studio, which is a huge asset that's going to chew up a lot of the profit. But that's another thing. We've, we've had some other bigger sponsorship opportunities um, start cropping up that I could never even have dreamed about. I, I always, but it's the same thing. I, I always expected to get here, to get there uh, eventually. It's just that some of that stuff starting to, to manifest. So I don't know. But I do know this. I'm not trying to be cool with whatever I'm doing. I'm just trying to be authentic, authentically me. And, and I want that to come through because I'm well aware of the fact that uh, a lot of people subscribe to the channel specifically for me. Like I basically am the, the channel, the face of the channel, even though I'm not the only person putting things together. So do I want to bring other people in like Linus who make videos? It's something I've thought about. Or do I need to maintain sort of the editorial control over things? I just don't know yet. And I would appreciate your guys' feedback. So let's go surfing. Let's talk a little bit about my Catch This Wave playlist. And maybe every now and then I'll just highlight a song off of there. Because this isn't just music that I just decided to stick up there for entertainment purposes. Like, this is some of the music that I listen to. Now, I have a pretty eclectic listening habits, right? Sometimes it's classical. 
And I've really been enjoying the spatial audio classical uh, playlist that Apple put out there. But sometimes I like electronic, you know. Sometimes uh, I've talked about the bedtime beats playlist a lot, like when I'm working. That's a pretty cool playlist too. You know, I don't discriminate against any particular musical style, but these are songs that resonate with me personally, that I work to, that I live to, that I think about, dwell on, that have some meaning to me. If, If there's something that I like, probably the theme through this is like hopeful, I tend to be pretty optimistic, happy, and and hopeful. And this playlist, I think, kind of surfaces songs in that vein. Some of the songs are just like feel-good songs. And if I'm driving around, there's certain ones that I just like to cruise around to, you know, when I'm heading over to pick up some packages, get a coffee or something. There's other songs that are more contemplative um the most of the songs on that playlist fall under the rap category there's one song on there it's nice just chill song it's called i don't want to be cool that was my segue when i mentioned that a second ago it's by roy tosh and it's just a song about being yourself and it's a good anthem to have playing in your head especially in a competing crowded space like youtube i found the most success when i have embraced myself and have not tried to be like other people you know, I'll be very honest. There's a part of me that does kind of want to fit in to uh, the YouTube tech group, like the well-known YouTubers. And actually, there's a lot of little groups of, of people out there. Remember I was talking about planets and gravity and having a planet and things that rotate around it recently. I feel like take any uh, YouTuber out there, there or a group of YouTubers, and you can kind of group people together, whether it's by category or fr- actual friend group or whatever. And somebody is sort of the sun that everybody rotates around, right? And their gravity is kind of holding everyone together in that group. And there are several groups that I can look out on YouTube, not just in tech. And you can see those groups. And part of me over the years has wanted to be part of some group. But of course, geographically, I'm not in LA. I'm not in New York. I'm not in Toronto. I'm not in Austin in these hotbeds of places where a lot of creators tend to congregate. But I think that there's a trajectory that if your channel starts getting successful enough, you tend to become a son of your, your own. And you have people that gravitate around you, whether it's employees um, or other creators who kind of look up to you and want to get some of your shine too on them. You could look at like the Team Crispy group that, that did a, a live event at some point. You know, those people used to be in their videos, each other's videos a lot more. And they're really not that much anymore. They've each become kind of their own ecosystem under themselves. Um, If I'm going to be on the trajectory that I want to be on, it's just totally fine to just be myself and be who I am, be where, where I am. I don't have to be in LA or New York. Things are working out really good for me. And they will, you know, without having a bunch of other YouTubers around. The point being, if you fit into a box, it's probably just going to be too small. So don't try to fit into a box when it comes to doing whatever you're trying to accomplish, I think. But what is being cool? Like there, there is no cool, really. Cool is whatever you make of it. Cool is often just confidence. I think cool is synonymous with confidence and that's it. It doesn't really matter who you know or what you have. It's just about what you do and how you do it. What level of confidence you do it with. And confidence is just the thing that comes with practice, really, honestly. And it really just comes down to just doing something. You don't have to worry about if something is cool or not, you know, or if you're part of the right group or not, or if you're in the right place or not, or have the right stuff or not. You just do stuff. 
And especially online, people will be attracted to that because of a million different reasons. You know, for us, it's iPad and iPhone content, whatever. And then the delivery is, is its own thing, but the people that like it are going to hang out. And it's just a matter of being there long enough for people to find you and to kind of build your tribe, you know? So there's a line in this song that talks about everybody's trying to hit the same lane. And I took the scenic route and went a different way. And that really resonates with me because I feel like my YouTube journey has been so different than other people that I can point to and look at as maybe like precursors or examples in the space. We just, we were talking about this earlier in the podcast. Sorry. It's just, it's just the, the sooner you can learn to embrace yourself and your unique circumstances, that's actually your strength. The second that you don't want to, to embrace those things or you want to try to copy, then you've lost everything. You've lost your edge. And anyways, the song kind of talks about how freeing it is to have a purpose and, and not letting your life be controlled by what other people think. Something that Gary Vee talks about a lot too. And the sooner you get there, the better. So this is just a, a good um, reminder, sort of. It's a good anthem, like I said. Pet beat, upbeat, hopeful, and something that I like to listen to. So, I don't know. We're checking out, maybe. I think that wraps up uh, a decent podcast episode. I'm going to try my best to, to dig in and get these out weekly on Fridays again. And that's why I'm recording this on Thursday. So, I actually have time to edit it and get it out there. So, stay tuned. And, and I'm really going to try to... Uh, let people know uh, on my other platforms that this is a thing uh, and that we can just hang out over here and kind of build on a different kind of content and relationship than what you get on YouTube. So thanks for hanging out. I'll catch you next time. Later.